Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's 3 o'clock. Brought to you by Finley Roofing. We've got you covered. Atlanta's most trusted and recommended roofer. This is completely BS. This is shame. They had to win tonight? If that's, if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. Thanks for making us your sports station. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It is Dukes and Bell, hour number two with our man Chris Thomas filling in for Carl today. Got the Friday off. Beautiful Friday here in paradise. It's definitely top-down kind of day if you got a rag top. And uh, hopefully the weather stays nice. I know a lot of us going to hit the links. Now, it's got to be warm for me. I don't love golf that much to be playing it when it's cold. But now I think it's time to break out the sticks. How's the, how's the knee? Yeah, you know what? Uh, it's been better since I lost. I lost about 30 pounds, put 10 back in Vegas. And Carl's, like, just mocking me. Thanks for supporting me, Carl. But, uh, yeah, I put on, like, 10 back there in Vegas. And this, between that and the Super Bowl, you knew you were going to take a hit. Yeah. But uh, I will say this. You want to feel about talk about feeling like a candy ass, being at Hooters with all those great wings and all the things I could eat off that menu. And there I'm eating one of my bars from Optavia. Oh. Yeah, Warren, like eating, like, a, like a chocolate-covered piece of styrofoam. I know, but, you know, you can't have sugar. And I'm, and it was funny because one of the services is like, really? You're going to eat that? I'm like, yes, I'm going to eat that. What's the cliche? Uh, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels, Mike Bell? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like so. a naked wing or something, Mike? Or I know. Something no, like I did. Like a, a, a patty of some sort? No, I did relent. I got some buffalo scrimp, as Jameis would say. Get some scrimp. And that was mighty fine. Thanks to everybody, as we said earlier, who showed up in Douglasville. It was, it was great. Got home last night. And really not much on, so I, I'm flipping around, and I found, I came across on Netflix, and I, I hit it, because I heard some good things about the Sylvester Stallone documentary. Oh, yeah. Have you seen it yet, guys? No. It's really cool. Just dropped. And Stallone really lets you in. I mean, he shows you his soft, uh, sensitive, squishy side in the middle from the hard, rough exterior. It's really kind of, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. The other thing is, the, uh, the Schwarzenegger one just came out, I think just preceded it, and that was, I think, a three-parter, but they get into the competition between Schwarzenegger and Stallone in the 80s and early 90s, and uh, his dad, boy, some of you guys think you had it tough. Oof. His old man was a real militant piece of work. Well, you'll wow. see it. It really is. I mean, I think most guys listen to our show, love Rocky movies. We know you do, and you love Stallone, but it's, it's definitely worth the view on Netflix, so check it out. Right now, though, it's time for an NFL Blitz. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the NFL. 
news and notes from around the league. This is NFL Blitz on Dukes and Bell. Yeah, man. Blitz is brought to you by Priority Men's Medical Center. Check them out at PriorityMensMedical.com. All right, uh, guys got decisions to make in the next few weeks. Uh, It is March 11th for the legal tampering. Rumors will start flying, and then the 14th is when deals get consummated in the NFL. What are the Cowboys going to do with Tyron Smith? Yeah, that's a tough one, Mike, because when healthy, that always famous caveat, Mm. he is one of the best left tackles in the game and one of the largest human beings you'll ever see in your entire life, by the way. He is due to make, I think, somewhere around like 11 million last year. So if they can get him again on a one-year deal for maybe 12, 13 Hmm. million with the cap going up, I think you bring him back and you risk it because I don't think you're going to find a guy that knows the system, knows the offense, can protect Dak's blindside better than he can if he stays healthy. Say what you want about Jerry. I've done a good job drafting offensive linemen. You sure have, Daddy. My hat came off. Yeah, that's one thing that they've certainly done a good job with. But, man, the meter's running. I mean, we've talked about Buffalo missing their window. When are the Cowboys going to step up and grab the brass ring? Well, here's the other thing, too, Mike. Have you heard the number that's being floated that Dak's going to want for a new deal? Yeah. That would be a $60 million a year yeah, contract. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And I just, I look, I like the guy, but you're met. Look, Carl, Carl, Carl's off today. You know the Dukesism. You know, the lights shine the brightest, and he just doesn't step up in the playoffs. There's no, I mean, I know it's cliched in sports talk, but that's, that's it. He doesn't. Yeah, last NFC Championship game was, what, 96 right. for the Cowboys? I mean, come on now. Haven't done jack since uh, they got away from the core that Jimmy built. Uh, they've had some nice shiny pieces, but you, you guys, you know, watch the Cowboy. You know you know what the story is. Uh, we were talking earlier about uh, some of the pass rushers and guys who are going to be out there on the float. Chase Young, he may wind up in Philly. Now, he's a lot to me like Dante Fowler. He has not measured up. There was so much hype about him coming out of Ohio State. He... Uh, did, did he really pop in your mind, surrounded by better talent in San Francisco, the way that uh, Fowler did with Aaron Donald a few years back? He was a good support piece, but he was not a Nick Bosa part two, which is what they were hoping they were going to get for him. But mm. if you bring him to Philly, Mike, that's another stacked defensive line. So if he needs to just keep playing like the B-team version of a pass rusher, I think he could excel. But if you want to bring him in as your star, right. not for me. I know we've talked about quarterback, the, uh, the free agent option, the trade option, taking on salary, drafting the quarterback. Uh, there's also edge rush corner. We've mentioned some names. The good news is for the Falcons, who have uh, 40, like, estimated 40, almost $42 million in cap space, puts us slightly above the middle of the pack in the NFL. Everybody's going to get more to work with. We said this to Bryant McFadden earlier. This year's salary cap will be up $30.6 million, uh, per last year's two, uh, 224.8, the largest jump since 94 when it was introduced. So business is booming. Part of the reason, guys, the day of reckoning with Julio and Matt's contracts just got compoundedly worse was COVID. Profits were down. Nobody was here to buy hot dogs or jerseys. And so, the, obviously, there's less money, and that's how the NFL makes this thing work. Yeah, but they've come back in full force, Mike Bell. You <laughs> yes. saw those Super Bowl numbers. So, right. And you know where I think it's going to really help the Falcons? Because the Falcons need, like, a little sprinkle of everything. They could use another offensive lineman, defensive lineman, a couple right. of guys in the secondary. So that extra cash is going to help them fill out the roster nicely. Look, if you get the quarterback thing right, we've got enough pieces. Every, like, guys around the league are talking about this team. It's This reminds a lot of Falcon fans of the 7-9 Dan Reeves team. You know, And that team was you know kind of got on a, a bit of a heater. Now, last year we didn't do anything. We obviously blew it down the stretch, but there's still enough pieces. You can see it. Speaking of guys who see it, Steve Weish, one of our good buddies from NFL Network, James Palmer, who comes on the show, they had interviewed uh, Terry Fontenot earlier last week here they are talking about the falcons take a listen guys listen very closely they're hearing we're going up in the draft to find our qb mentioning the falcons coming up i think is a very very poignant 
message. I, I think that is a team that maybe doesn't really look to go the veteran route. I know some people have tied Justin Fields. We'll go to him in a second. Yeah, but it just gets the sense. We had Terry Fontenot on this show, Steve. Didn't he just sound like we, we, we value draft picks. We value, though, building through the draft in a young quarterback Correct. coming in, even if we have to move up for him. Looks to be more something the Falcons would do. Remember, they have established you could say roster, Steve, on both sides of the ball. Yes. To where they could think they could give up a future first round pick to move up from eight. They have plenty of salary cap space. They could make that jump. I think that's one team you really have to keep an eye on moving up as well as the Giants sitting at six because they don't have to go up as far. Okay, so then the question becomes, how big of a hit are you willing to take? Are you willing to get into a game where you're trading multiple first round picks, multiple second round picks, as we said, Mike, it's the balance between getting the guy that you think could be here for the next decade as your quarterback or using those picks and saving them and filling out the rest of your roster. Right. I'm totally fine with getting the quarterback because I think Terry Fontenot, his biggest strength is free agency yeah. personnel. You saw it. I mean, he picked the right guys. We pulled up. If I told you that we were going to get 13 sacks from uh, Calais Campbell and Bud Dupree, you guys would no way. I mean, it was almost like like wins above replacement, like you're finding multiple guys to get you the numbers. Defense was was good at the end at the end of the day. We always talked about we know that Ritter costs his games. Defense also couldn't close out three games. That's also part of our of the record. You can't avoid it. So go get some dudes. I'd love to, you know, sprinkle some free agency across, basically across the board to all the things you talked about on both sides of the trenches. Um, I talked to our buddy uh, T Bob, Bobby A. Bear's son. Uh, T-Bob Bear works in Baton Rouge because I said, we're going to get him on before the draft. We're going to look at all the quarterbacks that maybe are, might be in our sights. And I asked him, what do you think about Jaden Daniels? And he basically said, the dude is great. He said, smart, made a great, amazing improvements, film study, all the things. Which, If you look at him, of all the guys coming out, look how low his interception numbers are. It's really impressive. And I asked him what he thought about Fields. He said, you know, Fields followed a group of quarterbacks at Ohio State that all threw like 50 touchdowns. And he used the dreaded feels more like a system thing to me with uh, with Justin Fields. And then you look at, you know, what this guy did, Jaden Daniels, going through his progression, starting throwing with anticipation, throwing guys open, as the phrase uses. So for what it's worth, the guy that watched him every day of his two years down at Baton Rouge says, you know, you really can't go wrong. If we trade up, that's the play. And I'd love it for Jaden Daniels. So answer your question, yes. A swapping a first rounder, another first rounder, and a second rounder. Is that going to be enough? Or I still got to do more to get from eight to three or two. I think that might be enough, but you may be looking at two firsts and two seconds. But, Mike, right. the thing for me about Jaden Daniels, Falcons fans, you want your C.J. Stroud? That's the guy. That's the guy who's going to come in and make an immediate impact. So funny you bring up moving up because yesterday, Field Yates and Courtney Cronin from ESPN did an article about what it would take to get that number one pick from the Bears if the Falcons did decide to move up that high. Their package from Field Yates includes the number eight pick, a 2025 first rounder, a 2025 second rounder, a 2026 first rounder, oh. and a 2026 second rounder. So yeah, first round rich. pick this year, first round pick next year, and second next year, Yikes. first round pick, and second round pick the year after. Ah, I'd almost rather send Kyle Pitts in that. Package. Yeah, can I can I package Kyle Pitts in a package deal? Sorry guys, you got to give to get. Yeah, that's oh. So basically, swapping this year and then three years. Three years of no first-round picks. If that meant you could get a Caleb Williams, the Falcons fan, would you be okay with that? I'd rather Jaden Daniels. I, I like Jaden Daniels, but like, and again, for all the things that T. Bob was telling me today, and look, I just watch his tape. 
There's no defense at LSU. He basically was the one-man gang. Now, it's funny because I posted the uh, – I made my own little meme today, and I've got uh, Jalen Carter with him as, the, as a human victory cigar in the SEC championship game two years ago. So I said, yeah, I go take a cue from Jalen Carter, move up to grab Jaden uh, Daniels. That's who I want uh, explosive ability with his feet. Yeah, you just heard what he can do in the air and uh, played against good defenses in the SEC. I want him here because when you look at that tape, you see that selective athleticism that is so many quarterbacks today are thriving under. Guys like Russell Wilson in his prime. Guys like Josh Allen. The selective athleticism, knowing when to tuck it and run. Cam Newton was perfect at it in his prime. I see that with Jane Daniels in a way. I don't see it with the other top two guys. Yeah, I don't like giving up all those picks because you've really – you see, if, if we were a team like the Rams were a few years ago when you can say blank those picks, but we're not there yet. We're on the cusp of the playoffs. Competent quarterback play would get us a division win in the worst division in the NFL, but that doesn't mean you're ready to throw away all those picks because you're right there on the doorstep, right? And you know what the funny thing is, too, Mike Bell? Justin Fields doesn't get you there either. I don't think he does. Carl, again, we made this a Fields-free zone today because Carl is off, and he's been banging the drum, bring him home, hashtag bring him home. We're on the opposite end of that one. Uh, this hour of the program, guys, brought to you by Status Truck and Trailer Repair, driven by excellence, building successful partnerships. One last nugget on the Falcons. If we were to make trades to get up to wherever we want to get up in the draft, we will not look like, looks like we're not going to have that extra second pick, the compensatory pick from the Jaguars because you're telling me, Calvin Ridley, they're not going to keep them? All signs right now, everything I'm reading and researching is that they're leaning towards not bringing him back, making him out to go sign somewhere else. You know what's funny too, Mike? I've read a couple articles that said Calvin Ridley would be a nice fit back here in Atlanta. <laughs> I said it, you know, Carl and I kind of both shrugged. Did you bring him back? I, like, I think we, we had him on the show. And as I, you know, if it's mental health issues, you got to tread lightly because people get up, you know, got to be respectful. It just, it was the last thing I, that I expected to see from him. I just didn't like the way he kind of quit on the Falcons and left him in the lurch. And, and there, I know he had a lot of stuff on his plate. I, I don't think you can put that toothpaste back in the tube. Unless, you know, if he finds himself in a, having a hard time finding a market, then you could get him back here for pennies on the dollar. Yeah. That's not bad. He still had eight touchdowns last right. year. Speaking of value, a Dolphins are supposedly going to release Emmanuel Ogba, according to Pro Football Talk. That would be a nice, if you, if you can't get traction with some of the bigger names, that'd be a nice piece, right? Yeah, five and a half sacks last year. He's a pro. He knows how to play on the defensive line, multiple positions. Bring him in like a Bud Dupree on a one-year prove-it deal. All right, man. We haven't played a lick of defense all year, but now, now is when the Hawks kick it into gear, right? Right? <clears throat> Lauren Williams, 27 games left. Our uh, beat reporter of the AJC and the Hawks joins us next. <clears throat> Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, man, it is Dukes and Bell with our man, Chris Thomas, in for Carl today. We're going to talk to Lauren Williams from the AJC. I was just telling Chris... And I'm just about to tweet it at Mike Bell ATL. Follow, follow us all, Carl's. Put him up, C Dukes. And what's your Twitter handle, man? Yeah, I am at C Thomas Radio. I just said uh, with the Atlanta Hawks' current front court issues, they need to find Ivan Johnson. For those who don't remember the glory that was Ivan Johnson, <laughs> sure, maybe not the best offensive stats, but I said somewhere in the world, this badass is doing a shot with a scorpion on his hand, like James Bond in Skyfall. Hashtag find Ivan Johnson. Thank you. Uh, let's see if Lauren has anything to add about that, or maybe Sasa Pachulia or anybody. Uh, Pero and Teach. Uh, maybe Perro's somewhere in the Baltics right now playing basketball where they have a cage around the court. Lauren, we need some toughness in the front court. We can use some. Definitely. I think the fact that they don't have Onyeko Kongu for, as Quinn Snyder said, he didn't want to talk out of turn, but he's mentioned for the foreseeable future, was definitely concerning to me just because that's how they went into the break. They were down a center, um, having to play a couple games without two of the centers. So, yeah, I definitely think they need some toughness. I mean, they've been getting a little bit of it from Jalen Johnson, who they've been playing at the five for a couple of possessions. But we know this team is undersized. That's just been the story of the season. And you would have hoped that they would have done something at the trade deadline to address that, but they didn't want to do anything in the short term that they thought would affect the long term. And here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Lauren, how do you feel like Quinn Snyder's messaging has been since you've heard him to come back to start the second half? Yeah, I I feel like everyone is still bought into what he is trying to accomplish. I mean, um, you know, when you talk to him at the beginning of the season, he seemed to try to temper expectations that – you know, anything would happen, you know, monumentous in his first full year um, of introducing his system. And when you kind of compare the numbers between his first couple of seasons with the Jazz and, and kind of where the Hawks are right now, um, it kind of mirrors it a little bit. And then he eventually was able to get that Jazz team up to being one of the best defensive units in the league. But part of what I think helps him do so is, one, he obviously had Rudy Gobert. And when you have Rudy Gobert, yeah. that kind of – helps you out, but I think the key thing is Rudy Gobert gave him size, and then you look at the rest of the front court, it had Bojan Bogdanovic, size right there, Joe Ingles, size right there, Um, Hassan Whiteside was the backup big, you got size right there, so I think that's one of the things that this Hawks team definitely needs to address this offseason is bringing in a little bit more size. Um, I think that will be a big part when you look at when they fell off defensively, it really was when they didn't have Jalen Johnson, as well as DeAndre Hunter, who are both, what, 6'8", 6'10", on the team with two of them. So 
Yeah, I, I think, as you said, you need some toughness, but you also want them to, to add some size. And you would think that with a guy like Pokashevsky from mm. the Oklahoma City Thunder, who was waived this morning, would have been somebody that was on their radar. But based on conversations that I've had, um, it looks like the team is going to continue holding on to Trent Forrest, um, and he'll just have to play in the G League. So, that's unfortunate for them, but that's where they want to be. <laughs> it is Lauren Williams with us, guys, in the AJC. She has to watch the Hawks every I mean, She covers the Hawks every night and joins us here on the waitforward.com hotline. Uh, you know, the defense, it just they, they, they just don't play defense. Quinn Snyder had 31 games last year, 27 games now mm-hmm. left in this season. So it just seems like we got to find other guys. Trey has... You know, like I know the bar was low, but Trey has certainly played better defense this year. You can't argue yeah. that. But I mean, not at all. But Laura, we just don't have guys on this roster that do what we need to do. Yeah, I think you know, like I mentioned, DeAndre Hunter, Jalen Johnson, those are the two guys that jump out to me who have done a really good job on this Hawks roster. So you know, so far this year, but it just stunk because they were hurt for most of it. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you want to wonder what if if they'd stayed healthy the whole time, but. I mean, like we said, the the Hawks need some guys who are consistently good defenders, not just on the ball, but off the ball. I think that's one of the things that when you watch this team, they struggle with a lot of the times is either they're late to their spots and, and meeting up whoever it is that they're supposed to be guarding. They're late on closeouts. They're late to helping each other. So hopefully for these last 27 games, we can see some more communication between all of these guys on the court whoever is on that unit at the whatever time it may be so that you can see some positive um steps forward i think at this point we're just looking to see them take steps forward we're not going to expect them to overnight become defensive stalwart Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know in this league so i think each night you just want to see them get better and better remain connected and then hopefully you know the front office has quote unquote the sample size that it needs to finally address what the holes they have are. Lauren, I don't think the team would ever announce it publicly, but how many more games back in the loss column do you think they need to get before it's time to see what the likes of Kobe Bufkin and A.J. Griffin, who had a nice start down at College Park, can do for this team yeah. in the future? Yeah, I would say if we're seeing you know, significant minutes from Kobe Bufkin and A.J. Griffin, to me, it means that this team is completely out of the play-in and you know, they've fallen off quite a bit. Um, you see Brooklyn is, what, two, two and a half games behind them. Um, you see, I mean, fortunately for them, they've beaten the Raptors enough times that they kind of hold a tie break there. So even if, you know, they win tonight, that's that's a big thing for them um, as far as positioning. But the Brooklyn Nets, they, they've split the series so far, and they have two games later this week coming up. So it, it's unfortunate that they're in this position that they're fighting for 10th place um just because i think with teams like oklahoma and indiana um miami they're just way too far ahead of them unless this team can go on a significant run but we haven't seen them go beyond a five-game win streak and that was way at the beginning of the season so um the closest they've come is that four-game win streak you know right before the all-star break AJC's Lauren Williams talking about the Hawks guys as, as we said, not the second half, but like just slightly over the final quarter of the season with 27 games to go against Toronto, uh, 7 o'clock pregame. Lauren, you know, we, we still have ball to play, but you, we just kind of feel, based on what you said, locked into this play-in zone, which sucks because yeah. it's one thing to be a lottery yeah. team and we're just kind of in no man's land. And it just seems like the only way out is to either blow it up or wrestler to go yeah. deep in the luxury tax. And he just doesn't seem to be that guy. Right. I think, you know, they, they 
clearly believe in what a guy like Jalen Johnson has done mm-hmm. so far. So I guess you can anticipate him being the next guy to kind of get his payday. But what concerned me a little bit is that we didn't really have a direction one way or the other when we spoke to Landry Fields after the trade deadline as to who this team would be built around. And, you know, you would think that the obvious answer would be Trey Young, considering they kept dangling a guy like DeJounte Murray um, out to so many teams before the trade deadline. So I think one of the big things that they need to do is just decide on what it is that the foundation is, because we keep hearing the idea of internal development, internal development, but that is not necessarily on your side when you have guys like Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, Bogey, Bogey, Clint, who've been in the league for five years, six years plus, that timeline just doesn't match up. So I think what we want to see and what we hope the trade deadline would have shown us is what this front office's plan is. And I think, like everybody else, we're still wondering what it is that they're trying to do. What is what is the, how do I say this? What is the uh, formula? What is, you know, their their theory, their, their idea of what it takes to build a championship caliber team? We've heard things like, Hawks DNA. We've heard things like um, connectiveness. We've heard things like collective defense, but that's just not what we've seen from this team um, this season. So who are the players that they've identified that kind of embody that? Um, And I think, you know, Jalen Johnson is probably one of the the closest that we've seen this season consistently, even when he was injured. Um, He embodied, in my opinion, some of the things that Landry Fields has listed on media day as what, Ox DNA means, and we'll see. We'll see where they go from here. But yeah, they won't name who it is that this team is supposed to be built around. The adage is, "You are what your record says you are, Lauren." So exactly. their DNA is mediocre, unfortunately, <laughs> right now. Um, do you believe yes. that come the off season they'll revisit looking to move Dejounte Murray and make concessions to a package that they weren't doing so this? I think they're going to have to, um, you know, if, if you've put a guy out there, um, somebody that you're looking to move, teams are going to come calling again. And they saw what the market was for a guy like DeJounte Murray. And, and they're going to have to, um, you know, revisit how their approach to the trade deadline was just because it seemed as though, you know, everybody was up for sale, but we didn't really see, movement of anybody else, any marginal moves, anything like that. It just seemed like their priority was finding a new home for DeJounte Murray. But if you've got somebody like Quinn Snyder who's advocating for him to stay on the roster, uh, that might make their job a little bit tougher to come this offseason. But I think the idea of them trying to get two second-round picks, I I said this before the trade Mm -hmm. deadline, um, I just don't – it's just hard for me to see how they can recoup what they gave up for him. Um, And they might, in my opinion, have to settle for one second-round pick um, unless they're willing to to change who it is that they're going to move on from. If it's, say, a guy like Trey Young, they might be able to recoup what they gave up for Murray just because Trey has all of the the markers that teams are looking for, a great passer. He's shown that he can step up and play defense, you know, better than people anticipated him doing. And so – They'll just have to find the right trade partner. And, you know, we've seen San Antonio be kind of waved a little bit out there just because of, you know, the the little Mm -hmm. love affair that they might have with uh, Trey Young and Victor Wembanyama pairing. Um, So we'll see if that that works out because then those are those those first-round picks that they gave up. 
um, if you're doing a little swapsies, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> right. And look, I don't mind the fact they didn't get, you know, get basically raked over the coals to move DeJounte at the yeah. trade. They better to hold on to Agreed. him. Agreed. And, Lauren, the other thing is guys, with a few possible exceptions, because I don't think Kyrie has any friends, but guys generally play with their friends or they go to the, they have guys yeah. they have relationships with. Does Trey have relationships where guys might want to come here as vis-a-vis trade or free agency in the offseason? I think, you know, the fact that, you know, we have that idea of Trey reportedly turning down the injury replacement a couple of years ago, um, when he didn't make the all-star team. We have that report from, you know, former Hawks beat reporter Chris Kirshner, who's now um, covering the Yankees, and he he reported that time that um, Trey turned down that injury placement. I think it's a huge step that, you know, he's looking to guys and, and listening to the advice of guys like Steph Curry and LeBron James and, um, you know, Playing, playing that off-the-court game. You know, unfortunately, it, it, it is clear that the NBA does have you know, some politics involved when it comes to some of these honors. And mm-hmm. it's just a reality of the situation. So for him to realize that being an injury replacement doesn't necessarily indicate anything about his talents or, um, you know, whether or not he should have been an all-star to begin with. I mean, we can debate that um, all day long, <laughs> but I think it's still big that we've seen him take that big step of, okay, I might not necessarily have gotten in the first time, but the fact that, you know, they see the merit that I've done, they've seen the stats that I put up and the work that I've done. And he's going into these situations to network with these guys. I, you know, that's huge. Um, at the end of the day, you know, we see these players build relationships with each other on the all-star court. We saw him talking to the likes of Tyree Saliburton, mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell, uh, Jalen Brunson, you know, Damian Lillard during that three-point contest. So those are big networking opportunities. And for him um, to have a chance to garner a little bit more, um, you know, off-court respect with his peers, I think people recognize his talents and, and they see that he is a great passer, a great shooter. Um, but, you know, with all the things that kind of surrounded him, it made it, I think tough for people to think that, okay, I could play with a guy like this, but I think when he's endearing himself to some of the other stars in the league, it goes a really long way. Great stuff as always, Lauren, man. We always reach you. Appreciate you coming on. Enjoy the game tonight against Toronto. We'll see if there's anything to enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) Well said. said. Front court struggles, man. It's a real deal. That's our Lauren from the HAC. Raptors in town, 730 tip pregame with Mike. uh, Actually, with uh, who's doing pregame things? Mike's in Columbus doing the uh, United. Oh, maybe it's a John Freaky. Freaky. We'll get Freaky at 7 o'clock, so check that out. This hour, Dukes and Bell brought to you by Status Truck and Trailer Repair, driven by excellence, building successful partnerships. Chris is in for Carl, so Oren's in for Chris with Yeah Man, No Man. And I've heard it's going to be scintillating. Coming up next. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. It's time for Yeah Man, No Man. He's the former MVP of his high school football team. Not really. From New Jersey. The Cavs are here. And gives rapid fire questions. Here's the executive producer of the Dukes and Bell Show, Chris Thomas. But wait, Chris is to my right sitting in Carl's seat. Carl's got the day off today, and uh, we will continue to uh, basically take this last week that's been all Carl about hashtag bring him home uh, for Justin Fields. And we're giving you our take on this. We've, we know we've argued this, but today we're using our bully pulpit to say, no, we don't want Justin Fields. And we'll continue the argument discussion coming up next hour. Right now, though, Oren is in the chair with, yeah, man, no, man, what you got? I have no opinions on Justin Fields, guys, so there you go. Right what are you, there, Switzerland? Yes. Come on, you got to have some kind of an opinion. I, well, if I give an opinion, then that means we'll be talking about him, and you want this to be a Justin free zone today. So. That's, and by the way, I wouldn't trade for Trevor Lawrence right now. You know, doesn't I mean? There's a lot of guys in the last couple of draft classes that are just not. You know, we're not going to talk about the Jets because they can't get anything right. I mean, Zach Wills, but there's a bunch of dudes that are just a lot of meh out there. Nobody even knows what Trey Lance is, by the way. No, nobody knows what Trey Lance is. Not even Trey Lance knows what Trey. We Lance may is never right know now. what Trey Lance is either. We just, just sound there right. hiding in Dallas right, right. now. Um, so speaking of. Uh, trading for guys. There was a report earlier this week, Mike, you were talking about maybe Jalen Hurts isn't the guy going forward up there in Philadelphia. I don't feel that way, but some guys up there feel that way. There was a report that came out this week also that uh, apparently the absence of Big Dom on the sideline (laughs) caused a rift, or not a rift, but he was the calming presence for Nick Sirianni on the sideline, and he would kind of, when Nick would kind of want to fly off the handle, Big Dom would step in and be a soothsayer, so... Without Big Dom those last couple weeks, Nick was flying off the handle. A lot of things coming out of Philadelphia what? right now. Yeah. By the way, who was it, the 49ers player that got kicked out of the game, by the way, because he, him and Big Dom were arguing? It's a linebacker. Wasn't no, it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean the, the, the 49ers lost the starting linebacker. It was Dre Greenlaw. Yeah, I think it was. And the then same the, guy that ruptured Yeah, blew his Achilles yeah, in the Super yeah. Bowl. And that was that, for those who don't know, Big Dom is the head of security for the Eagles. And, again, he does nice work off, off the field and charity and stuff. He's kind of a legend up there. But so what? You're just some big doofus, some big, you know, Tony Bag of Donuts who shouldn't be engaging with other players on the sideline. He's a galoot. Yes, exactly. He's a big galoot. It gets better. Um, this is one way to prove, I guess, that you're not a dysfunctional franchise because A.J. Brown had heard enough. So he decided today, this afternoon, about 20, 30 minutes ago, to put a call in unprompted. Now, they said, Chris said, uh, our sister station was saying that he's a cancer in the locker room with the Eagles. So, yeah, WIP gets a phone call from A.J. Brown this afternoon and addresses some things. Number one, he addresses the uh, locker room and and the culture in the locker room. The locker room was fine. Players wasn't executing. That's what it came down to. I think the media kind of ran with the coaches. It was the players not executing. It gets better. Uh, talks about um, the situation with the rumor. Excuse me. The situation with the media itself mm. and how the media is kind of running with things they're not supposed to be running with. And then also his accountability himself. I'm the person you need on this team because I'm willing to hold people accountable, make people around me better, but nobody sees that. All you see is little flare-ups. Nobody in that building works harder than me. I can stand 
on that and mm-hmm. say that. He backs Jalen Hurts, backs Nick Sirianni, backs the team itself. Yeah, man, no, man. The Eagles are the biggest dumpster fire right now in the NFL. I think it's the right team for the right town. <laughs> it's just you got some egos, and I don't think A.J. Brown is a problem. I think Sirianni lost control of the team, and the general manager and the coach panicked when they started moving assistants around. And I think the team is, is now you look at a coach and you say, this guy's on the, on, the, on the thinnest of ice because he just lost control of his squad last year. I think it becomes a chicken or the egg situation. Right. Meaning, did the dysfunction cause a snowball effect or did a snowball effect cause the dysfunction in the Mm -hmm. locker room? So I think once we – I think, you know what will happen, Mike? All this stuff will come parsed out over the next Mm. weeks and months because it always does because people who are in their bag can't help but yap and do things, maybe like delete their team off their Instagram, something like that. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. But (laughs) at the same time, the Philadelphia Eagles need to basically retool and restructure their entire identity in that locker room and that's not nothing no i mean look that's a team that was loaded guys they were the number one seed with less than half of the season to go super bowl team two years ago and completely imploded they they move on they they move their defensive coordinator out they bring in matt patricia who basically tries to run a new defense mid-season you saw that work giants nearly beat him twice as you saw i mean and then to get humiliated by the buccaneers you know, that's why I think they just, they, I don't know. If Sirianni certainly wasn't a problem when they were on their way to the Super Bowl, but now, man, and I don't know, was, was, was Hurts hurt? Is it, I mean, was Jalen just not 100% all year and that yeah, was the problem? That was, the, that was the, another one of the rumors where he was playing Hurts the last half of the year, too. But so. Yeah, but I'm telling you, they, that's a team. See, that's a team where, you know, we talked about us and the Belichick, and that's where Belichick could go in and just lock it down. You talk about culture. Yeah. yeah. It just comes in almost right. immediately. Because like, the team like, is loaded. He doesn't have to do anything. Just, you know, just get everybody together, right? That's the one thing I always said about Arthur Smith, Mike. Right. Every week when we were up there, even when the sky was falling, Players had their heads held high. They came in our room. They answered all the questions with a smile on their face. So did Coach. He kept the culture alive, and you see how important that is here with this situation. I know that fans were sick and tired of Arthur's rap and his convoluted answers, but I will say this. I mean, there was nobody in that locker room. And the only thing that was a beef, and it wasn't even a beef, it was just our guy Corey Patterson going, give me the rock. You know, and he's still got a good relationship. I'll be be curious to see if he lands in Pittsburgh if they got cap space for him to use. But, yeah, so shout-out to everybody there in Philadelphia right now and ha! the fodder that's going on up Yes, there. thoughts and prayers to the worst city in America <laughs> yes. with the worst people. Thoughts and prayers. Um, Club Shay Shay right now is blowing up. Uh, when they had Cat Williams on, Cat told Sh- uh, Shannon that, after I come on, you won't have a problem getting anybody else on. And this has become, like, the biggest sports podcast mm-hmm. now in the United States. So had Johnny Menzel on, talked about a few things, his, uh, his partying ways, how he's kind of changed his life around. They touched on the subject of the Heisman Trophy and how Johnny won the Heisman. Reggie Bush's name came up. Johnny says it's about time we do the right thing because at this point, it's all legal anyway. Do you believe Reggie should get his Heisman Trophy back? Without a doubt. It's it's legal now. What Reggie did then is legal now that somebody could do. Right. It wouldn't make him ineligible now, even though it did at the time. And... In the grand scheme of things, I probably did way worse than Reggie. Right. And everybody's going to sit here and be like, Mm -hmm. why does he still have his Heisman, but Reggie doesn't? And I can tell you the exact reason why. I explained this on Twitter, and people didn't really understand it. But the way I was told, because the last three, four years, he deserves to be on that stage with us every year. 
Hundred percent. I look. It's it's water under the bridge. Uh, the US, for those who don't remember, Reggie Bush's parents. The, the story was somebody an Alama booster was funding the house, house that he was yeah. living. The family was living in. Yep. But nowadays, the player would have enough coin to do that himself. So I'm with Johnny. I just think. Yeah, and they remember that's a vacated national championship. Uh, one of those is the year I believe Auburn went undefeated. Be nice to see those guys get plugged in. They beat Virginia Tech. I want to say in the Sugar Bowl that year. But uh, and I'll double check. But yeah, other than the case for Auburn. Yeah, I would say that, that I hate to see things vacated under when the rules change because the, the, obviously the goalposts have been moved miles down the road. Reggie should still have his Heisman. Well, I'll just say this. When you think of Reggie Bush, for me at least, I'll speak for myself, I still think of him as a Heisman Trophy winner. Right. Like, the first thing that doesn't come to my mind is vacated title. It comes to my mind that he was one of, if not the greatest college football players I've ever seen. Right. Now it doesn't matter what you do at the you know at the next level. Peter Warwick was that guy for me at Florida State. That's a guy that got in trouble for again for something that would be nothing right now. Him and Lavernus, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're getting some a good deal. At, I think it was Dillard's. Bur- Dillard's. I was going to say Burnheim's. It was Dillard's down in Tallahassee. They got some deep discounts, uh, Turtle. Very uh, deep. At I think it was like four hundred fifty dollars worth of duds for like, like what twenty bucks. They rang so, it up very, yeah. very, very. I would very say, nice look, man, I'm not. I, I guess it takes two to tango, but it was the guy working behind the register. But I'm an FSU fan. I'm jaded. But anyway, but that's a guy, same thing. He blew his Heisman that year because of all that stuff. Missed a bunch of games, got suspended. He won a Super Bowl, too, in the NFL, Reggie Bush did. I mean, yeah. he, he didn't have a meaningless career. Well, it's a great debate. For those who don't remember, it was that draft pick for the Houston Texans. Do you go Reggie Bush or Mario, Mario Williams? Williams? the defensive and, end at NC State, yeah. Right. And then Reggie, no, you might say, well, yeah, but he was part of a Saints team that won a Super Bowl. And then later on, he proved he could be a thousand yard rusher with the Dolphins. So, yeah, I'm with you. All right, we're going to get in here in just a second, but shout out to uh, future Braves reliever this year, Jesse Chavez, and I say that because Jesse's on the White Sox right now, and he's kind of rounding in what I would say to midseason form to be picked up by the Braves. His first uh, spring training start, uh, 41 pitches, six runs, and 10 batters facing the first inning, so Jesse's going to do this thing. He's going to suck. In Chicago, he'll end up in Atlanta, and he'll end up being a key cog in that bullpen for the rest of the season. So, hey, come on back, Jesse. Man, Chris, I, I still to this day, and I, the, I usually sit on the third base side wherever I can get my seats for truth. I'm still amazed that he, it's not like batting practice. How he gets that 89 to 90 stuff to work and these guys swing and miss or get or just don't light him up like a Christmas tree still just boggles my mind. I got three words to close out the segment, Mike. Bring him home. <laughs> we talked about Rosario and Duvall. We could use a little pop off the bench. You know, you let him wait and the market cools. Maybe, you know, Terry McGurk will let Alex spend a little bit on the bench this year. We'll find out. Hey, man, good job with Yeah, Man, No Man. That is Oren Romain right here on Dukes and Bell. We got uh, some college football to talk about. Do we really need more teams in the college football playoff? No. We also will talk about why Chris and I are on the record now. It's official. I'm no more equivocating. Guys said, Mike. Get off the fence. All right, I'm off the fence. I don't want Justin Fields. We'll explain next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 